Good audio. Excellent. Hey, man, sometimes you just got to come back in. That's Did? what you need to do. Sometimes you just need to readjust, Rodney. Readjust your audio. Your take your approach. Get your uh, get your landing gear down and hit the hole hard, man. That's Sometimes that's all you need to do, dude. Always hit the hole hard. That, Always hit the hole hard just, and ferocious with murderous advice, intent. My man. <laughs> because like an old adage used to say, the cream always rises to the top. Eventually it does. Eventually it does. The Sometimes quicker for some. To the top, my friend. <laughs> quicker for some, but it always does. <laughs> man, always does. Talk about quicker for some. We got some uh, some F one coming up this week too, man. You can uh, get a hold of us. Get a hold of us on the Coda text line if you want to keep chiming in on that. If you're on the road, if you're you know catching us mobile, as I like to say, five one two 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 nine three two eight. Of course, you can get us on social media. I'm at not the fake wags on Twitter. Double R is at the Rodney R and at the underscore Rodney R on the gram. I'm at the Wagner Wire on the gram. We invite you to uh, be a part of the conversation on this YouTube uh, chat line. So make sure you're hitting that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and tell some friends like Hardball Harge likes to say as well, man. Had an awesome weekend, dude. How about you? Did you go to ACL? Oh, God, no. Are you kidding no, me? He, oh, God, no. What do you mean, no. oh, God, no? When's the last time you've gone to a concert? Uh, remember, I went to Guns N' Roses. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. So I, why I, are you I'm saying, not, oh, God, no? No, man, I don't I don't like those festivals like that. I mean, it's like, I always tell people, it's like, you know, I don't want to go to ACL. I don't want to go to any of those things. You know, it's too crowded. There's too many people. And it's and people tell me, it's like, well, you go to damn NASCAR races and IndyCar races and all that. Yeah, and you're it's secluded like, from that, aren't you? Like when you oh, go to yeah, those races. Like when you go as media, it, you know, you kind of yeah. slide in and you go to the media center and you're down there in the pits and all of that. But uh, I don't know, dude. Uh, it, it's one of those things for me. I mean, when I was younger, yes, uh, you know, con concerts are fine. Concerts are fine. Like, like a concert is fine. But but like that whole thing with having to move around and all the different stages and all of that. I, I mean, people people just kind of, you know, they 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 forget how to act. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, they don't move quick enough. Well, what, what You think drugs are an influence at all? Huh? It could be, you know, you, you get a little smashed, you know. See, that was, that was, I, for I, me, that was the funnest part of the festival was – you know, half the time you wouldn't even go see who the hell was headlining things. You were just wandering, trying to find your soul because you were lost on drugs. Yeah, well, my, my wife has a group. Of, they do it every year. They go to weekend. Well, they would back before it was two weekends. I mean, they always went. Now they go to weekend one. And it's like her 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 group. They're like, hey, you know, bring him, you know, take your husband. And she's like, I don't want that grumpy ass old man around. We she's like, I'm trying to find the lineup from um from this year's acl fest man um it was great weather that's for sure i'd have gone if i could have just like dropped in you know if they could have parachuted me out and i could have dropped right in and seen the foo fighters and then climb the ladder back up in the helicopter and come home i'd have gone then i, I would have gone to that yes great great point uh already talking and and it, we we will have you know we'll we'll work formula one and all that into this i mean i know that we talk a lot of a stick and ball and all that and i'm going to talk to bk maybe maybe we can do you know something race related or whatever because i'm actually impressed there's a lot of folks that actually reach out on, on on twitter or on twix and all that stuff and they're like hey man let's let's talk some racing i'm like okay i guess that other little shit show had some sort of impact on things you know so thought, um what up's fantastic man best damn nascar show not just nascar but best racing show in austin texas 
Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll get something put together. Uh, hopefully, we can find some time and and maybe get you some pre race and kind of kind of go over everything that's going to be going out there. Because the thing about it this year, there's actually going to be two races, honestly. Because on Saturday you've got the sprint race, which that is cool right there. Because the sprint race, that's a very condensed version. I don't know the exact amount of laps here, but it's usually anywhere from eighteen to twenty laps. And I mean, and that sets the starting that they they qualify. And, and that's how they start that sprint race. Then they run the sprint race and how they finish there is how they start the main event on Sunday. So, oh, so that's pretty you. cool. That's so, pretty cool. Well, all right, dude. So as a novice r- racing fan, especially just in, you know, in F1, it seems like, it seems like it's a two horse race, no pun intended, right? Between Verstappen and, uh, and Hamilton, man. It seems like those two are always the, the Kings of the, of the race there or they're the ones that are always coming home with the with the checkered flag what sets and I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll get into baseball i know we got a lot of football to talk into but I'm, I'm legitimately interested here what sets the differential between f1 and nascar like you hear nascar it's, it's stock right so like most of the the equipment is the same or is similar what separates f1 from nascar technology it's all technology i mean these formula one cars i mean those teams like they'll get here in austin and they are putting those cars together when they arrive you know nascar especially now nascar they have their template car what since they changed over and, and everybody to- everybody has to race in that car correct exactly that, that's but in where f1 Nat- you don't f1 you you don't have any restrictions on that yeah, yeah, you do but then again you don't i mean when it comes to when it comes to track time I mean, like like Red Bull, and you you said two horse race, dude. Right now, it's a one horse race. It's for yeah, Stappen. It's, it's Team Red Bull. Yeah, yeah for he, he's already won the world championship. He's won. I think he's won every race, but like three. And and it's just that's, been it's been now that sounds like money, Rodney. That sounds like if well, you got the best equipment, you're going to win the damn race. It, it is. I mean, that's what it is. But here's the thing about it. What what is so what what's blown me away about about Formula One. I totally understand the fascination with it for for the non traditional fan with the with the drive to survive and all that stuff. You know that's great. That's it's that's how that. you, you, you go. You know, if you're a novice fan, you go to these events, right? You go to these racing yes. events. You go to you go to Monaco. Um, you go all over the place, and, and there's it's the the creme of the creme. You know what I mean? There's there's yeah. all types of the who's who are at these spectacled events. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. they're bigger than NASCAR. It's it's almost yeah. like a damn tour. It, it's well, a it's world. A I mean, it's a global phenomenon, and and that's the whole thing with it. You know, when it like with that, I mean, that that's really what what Formula One did. You know, when Formula One was bought by Liberty Media, when they got Bernie Ecclestone out of this thing, they got the old dude out of the way, they got Grandpa out of there. They went in there, and and I say they North Americanized Formula One, and it was it was with that drive to survive and all these different things. And and what Formula One did that NASCAR struggles to do is they went and number one, they won the female audience, which you get you get the ladies involved and it's like even if even if the dude in the in the relationship isn't a formula 1 fan it's like hey we're doing this we're going to watch the race on sunday or we're going to coda whatever the thing is and they went and they got the they got that teenage audience also yeah. And you know how you do that? You market, captivate yeah, them. Right. You you captivate them by getting to know the drivers with this with this series. And that's and that's a funny thing about it, Wags, is I I I go on and on. Verstappen's winning these races by 20, 30, 35 
yeah. you know, seconds over everybody. And people go ape shit over that. And with, with the NASCAR race, if a dude wins by half a straightaway, oh, this sucks. You know, they need to get rid of the car. They need to change all this. But but Formula One just continues to dominate. It's dude. funny it's, how that it's, it's funny how that changes, how that narrative changes between the two. Even though it's still racing, it's just funny how it changes between the two different circuits. It's yeah. crazy. And I think a lot of it is, I mean, Formula One is a presentation. I mean, it is oh, a presentation. One, oh, 100%. But, but, but the whole thing is, and it's been, and we can get to the other stuff here in just a second. This is my final thought with this. Formula One, when it's you go to the Formula One race, you you know the amount of laps because it's it's X amount of laps or it's timed. And that's the whole thing. I mean, NASCAR can drag out to three and a half, four hours. Formula One race, hour and a half, boom, done. And and that's that's the big deal. That's the big deal in my opinion, but it's going to um, be a fun week. It's going to be a yeah, fun week. I, I can't wait to check it in. Like you said, it is, a, I, I, I try to make it a two horse race just to keep a little bit of interest in the F1 well, series. But I mean, yeah, if you look, if you've looked at any of the past two months, man, it's been all team Red Bull, man. Well, Shit, it, the it, whole, it, the whole season's been, it team has, Red Bull. I mean, even, even in the last season, a lot of what you have for me this year for formula one has been Verstappen's going to win, but the story for second is going to be really good. You know, is it, is it going to be Aston Martin's able to to get themselves? Is McLaren going to break out and have a good weekend? You know, is Lewis going to have a good weekend? Are, are the Mercedes teammates going to get mixed up? You know, what's going to happen to Perez? You know, the other Red Bull? That's the, it's like, forget forget the winner. We know what's going to happen there. It's all the shit behind him that, that's been you know, a little more noteworthy in my opinion, you know, yeah. it's kind of soured me a little bit. I'm like, man, I don't, why do I even want to watch? Good point. Good point. That's a little bit of racing for you, man. To make sure you guys are getting out there to, uh, you know, to seeing all the, the F1 events and everything. Make, make sure you guys are checking out Syntex tickets. Yo, Shelby, get them to me. Get them to me quick. As Bucky likes to say, get make sure you're checking quick. it out for that F1 event. Um, yep. All right, man, let's talk a little bit about the gridiron. Let's go college ball a little bit. Uh, before we get into the Monday night game in the Major League Baseball American League Championship Series. Best game of the slate last week or this past Saturday. Oregon Ducks coming into Washington, going up against the number seven Huskies there. 36-33, to victorious Washington Huskies over the Oregon Ducks here. Let's break this game down a little bit. We had two excellent quarterbacks going going at it in this game rodney we talked a little bit about it there on friday man let's break it down a little bit further what'd you like out of this one well you know what you know what i like we should have had a thousand unit play last week when we said that in this game it was going to be the opportunity for michael Penix to have his heisman moment because he, he did, did. And, and and now everybody's saying wow he had his heisman moment i heard that and i'm like damn we should have laid. Uh, we should have laid that thousand unit play right no, there. Like, we also like, should have laid. I should have laid a thousand units on the damn over. I should have took the over on this. Yeah, we told I, you I it was, was gonna. We told you it was gonna pop. We told and you the I over would definitely pop on this. I, I was wondering about this right here because, like, when Washington goes ahead at the end, it's like, man, they, they're giving Oregon a lot of time. They, they kind of they score too fast. You know, it's sure. one of those things to where it's like. Uh, but again, I mean, when you score, you score. I mean, that's in dating life also, you know, but you, you know, when it happens, I really thought I'm like, oh man. And they, and, and they did, they scored too fast, but you know, pressure situation. I, it's hard to be a college kicker. It's hard to be a college it's, kicker. Uh, man. I don't know. It seems like the college kickers have it a little bit better than the, than the, uh, the pro kickers. That's for sure. Or at least their mentality is a little bit in there. Maybe they can just, uh, 
kind of forget about it and black out, you know, the night after or, you know, after the game on campus or whatnot. But, I mean, we were treated to a dandy with this one. Um, Quarterback play on both sides was superb. The running backs were outstanding. And then, of course, it just, you know, it was very well balanced through the air as well with the wide receiving rooms on both sides of the ball as well. Let's start with Bo Nix first. Uh, 300, almost 340 yards through the air, 337. Only missed 11 times, 33 for 44. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. Played a pretty damn good game. But on the other side of it, on the other side of it was the Heisman coming out party that we were just talking about for Pendricks. Um, this dude, uh, Pendix is sitting there 22 for 37 with 300 yards through the air, four touchdowns four and touchdowns. one interception. And then he was also able to make some plays a little bit with his feet as well. Uh, and then, you know, excellent, excellent um, balance there because Johnson being able to, you know, get 20 totes and getting over the, the century mark as well, man. And then on the other side of a Jane or excuse me, Irving running, running the rock for the ducks as well, man. Excellent football on Saturday between these two clubs, man. It really was, and and with with Washington, I mean, you got to be impressed with the balance. I mean, you have you have the the four touchdowns from Penix, and then you have you know the hundred yard rusher. You had two receivers over a hundred yards in, in in receptions. So so when you see that right there, I mean that that tells you. I mean balance. I mean balance is so important right now. Um, you know, it wound up a high scoring affair. I mean, Washington still had a chance to well maybe take this to, to go into overtime possibly at the end of this. But I mean, Washington, it's Washington, I didn't think played that great no I, I thought they could have played a no. better game as a matter of fact they were yeah, th- they this struggled was not third th- down it seemed like they could uh they could never you know sustain drives or, or yeah or extend their yeah. drives because they were always hitting uh always hitting three and outs at all it, not three and outs but it seemed like whenever they got into really uh crucial third downs they just couldn't extend or, or keep their offense on the field yeah and the bottom line is like jake says i mean these are two really good teams i i mean this right here I thoroughly enjoyed watching this. I'm going to go back yeah, and watch these, it again. Are, are these the two best teams out of the Pac-12? I know USC's there, but with the USC kind of got exposed, right? We we knew that they no couldn't defense, play. Man. Yeah, we well, we knew when they were going up against Colorado, they didn't have a defense, right? And it doesn't look like Colorado has a defense either. Colorado can also score, but they can't they can't stop anybody, man. Um, yeah. And it looks the same MO for the Trojans. We'll break that game down in just a little bit. But are these the two best teams in the Pac-12? I think so, dude. And uh, honestly, for me, it's been it's been Washington's just kind of been floating under the radar. And I've really I've really honed in and watched them. I mean, it was one of those things when you have to sit there and analyze and break down the Alamo Bowl. I mean, that's as, as I was watching that last year at the end of the season. It's like, you know, I know Texas had some guys out and, you know, Bijan and those guys weren't playing. But when you sat and you watched and and, and I was just fascinated with with Michael Penix Jr. I mean, watching the way he played in that ball game and. It was it was one of those things to where as the season started, you know, I see Washington kind of sitting there and I'm like, that's a really good team. And, and I mean, Oregon is, too. I mean, and Bo Nix. I mean, good for Bo Nix. I mean, uh, now they're really, you know, get the posters up. That's a quality loss for Oregon. That is a quality. See, quality I, don't, I don't know if I agree with like losses. Losses suck. Losses suck. Their losses regardless. Um, so the quality loss or the, uh, you know, what's what's the. Uh, the other old adage where you know it's a uh it's a moral victory and stuff like that i don't yeah. believe in any of the quality losses a moral victory type of adages man loss sucks and um yep. it's just it's it's hard to bounce back from regardless man so uh if you if you're gonna if you're gonna lose it doesn't matter to me if it's well actually that does come into consideration the point the point margin and stuff like that but yeah three point loss is probably tougher to take than than a blowout i've always i've just always thought that but 
Yeah. My God, man. There, well, I don't think there's just any – there isn't a moral victory or a, or a quality loss. But, I mean, I, I guess I can get behind you a little bit on this. But, yeah, yeah man, you got to win the goddamn well, game. <laughs> and, and here's what I think. Is, I agree with you a bunch, but – I think this year is a little bit different when it comes to college football because there's a lot of parity. I mean, there's not there in is my a ton opinion. Of there's, yeah, there's which there's is not different one. because we said we said that college football was going to suck, or or at least yeah. Uh, my opinion of college football after all the landscape shifting, NIL and everything, I thought and, it was going to be capitalism, man. I thought there was going to be so much capitalism football that it was going to fuck that it was going to just blow. But the yeah. product on the field is better than the gridiron on Sunday. I agree, dude. I hate I hate all, all this conference realignment and NIL and all this bullshit. I mean, it's turning into a business. It's like, you it know, is, the people, it is a business. It's been a business. Well, I know it is. It's like the people that hate the NFL is like, I ain't watching that shit, man. They're all overpaid and it's a business. And they love college football. I'm like, it's the same so it's, shit. It's, 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 it's going to be a trickle-down effect. Right. That's, it's, that's the feeder, what it is. it's the feeder system. It's the Bush series, to put it in, in racing terms. It's the Bush series of the NFL because that's that's what it's doing right there. But, I mean, it really has. I mean, as much as that shit kind of drives me crazy, it's given us – I mean, Georgia's still, you know, number one. But, hell, they don't look that good. So, you know, that that's really the thing, like when I say quality loss, because when you come out, even with the Texas-Oklahoma thing, yeah, losing to OU sucks. But for Texas, this year, that doesn't that doesn't cut your nuts off, you know? No. There's there's still an opportunity for you. And, and well, especially when the reasons. opposition is, is ranked, you know, in yeah. the top 10 as yeah. well, that, that helps yeah. a lot. That helps you be able to salvage a little bit of your yep. pride and your ranking. I guess that that pays in or that benefits into the uh into the quality loss i guess if you want to tout it like that daryl g here chimes in they'll have a rematch in the pac-12 title game just like texas and ou usc was definitely exposed uh we in we did man let's uh we'll get back into this right now or i I think that's all that we really need to touch up for Washington and, and Oregon there. Um, again, we retreated to a dandy, both quarterbacks being able to put on one hell of a performance there. But Penix Jr., clearly the quarterback that outdueled, um, that outdueled Bo Nix here. Four touchdowns, one interception, 302 yards through the air. Just looked fantastic, man. And, of yep. course, he was complimented by Johnson. Um, uh, and, and I don't want to take away from from Bucky Irving too, man. Bucky Irving looked fantastic, I thought, dude. Mm-hmm. Looked strong on the ground, toting the rock as well. Just uh, the the Washington Huskies were able to make one more play, which is which is crazy because the only turnover in the game, I think, was from Washington. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And and I mean, it, it tells you how good this game was. I mean, just right. like the Texas OU game that that we were referencing there on 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 the message. I mean, it it came down to the end. I mean, it came right down to the end. I mean, what more can you ask for? Somebody's got to lose. Somebody's got to win. But that that was just a good college football game and and two quality teams. Two quality teams. One hundred percent. Um, you know, I think we talk about the best the best team in the nation being Georgia. Uh, of course, they're they're seven and zero. But man, if anybody is is looking at Michigan, dude, you have to think that these dudes are just on a mission, dude. Uh, they win in emphatic fashion almost every Tuesday. It doesn't matter who the uh, you know who the opposition is; they take care yeah. of business. I can't wait to see the two play the three. Ohio State versus Michigan is going to be one hell of a contest this year. It usually is every year, man. But when these two teams are playing so hot right now, man. Uh, fantastic. Also, Keon Coleman, uh, Keon Coleman being able to, to to have himself a day as well. Nine receptions, 140 yards, one touchdown. Of course, consider the opposition. It was the orange 
of Syracuse there. Uh, but the game that we need to get into is Notre Dame versus USC. The Irish playing host of the Trojans there. And it looked like it was going to be one hell of a game. It looked like it was going to be a shootout, man. Um, but nah, then it just started becoming domination, domination, domination after Notre Dame, man, as they just kept raising that bar and USC did not have an answer. Caleb Williams is still the best quarterback in college. At least that's the you impression think? that I have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he's in, he's in one of the best systems. He's in Lincoln Riley system and to that's me true. that Lincoln Riley is going to get, get your quarterback to wherever he needs to be to the professional level, man. Um, I, 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 I know May is fantastic. I know that Sanders had one hell of a game too. I know yours is there to, to, you know, to step up and, and be the, you know, to take the next steps for, for being a Sunday quarterback, but the best quarterback in the NFL or excuse me, the best quarterback in college right now is still Caleb Williams. I'm really carrying that Penix flag, dude. It, it, it's been he, one of those. Dude, he that, made, he raised that flag. He raised that damn you know, thing up. It's, like, he it's like being a ponchos dude. He's like, watch this. I mean, that flag went straight up. I mean, and 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 it is. I, I mean, he's, he's underrated. Hartman's good. Uh, this is a good class of quarterbacks, man. Hartman's sure decent too, you know. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what's going to be so um, so cool about this draft coming up is you you see these NFL teams that that I mean they're struggling, you know, with with you know the quarterbacks. Quarterback so play, yeah. Yeah, and you have these guys. I mean, who'd have thought? You know, C.J. Stroud was going to come in, and and oh, he looks I, good, doesn't he? Man, he looks good. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I, I did not think um he looks you know, better than Bryce Young. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this dude comes in and um and and you I mean, think about this new system. I mean, everything maybe that's beneficial. I mean, hell the Texans, they may win the eight. We can get to the NFL. They, they yeah, we'll dude, get they, to that. Dude. What, what know, Stroud, I, he threw an interception though yesterday, but he also he, he yeah, finally he threw, threw one. Threw two touchdowns though, didn't he? Yeah, but hell, yeah. hell, they, they beat the Saints. You know, the the Saints supposed to win the South, um, and and he's and and again, he's a leader. I mean, that team is rallying around him, and that's kind of unheard of, you know, with a rookie quarterback like that. Um, but yeah, he, so what, he looks what you, really uh, good. Texans five hundred now, I think three and three. Uh, three and three, um, three and three. Yeah, three and three. I, I know a lot of people picked Jacksonville. I I picked Jacksonville to win the AFC South there, but mm -hmm. hell, man, looks like the the Texans could be in contention. Um, to go out there and, and steal this thing, man. Hell, they, they've they've won more games already than on all of last season, you know. So, so hell, I mean, good good for them, you know. Maybe, maybe if you have the uh, if you have the heartbreak of the Astros, maybe the the, the Texans will kind of resolve some of that, maybe. Yeah, but um, you know, get back into this USC Notre Dame game real quick, Rodney. Yeah. Kalen Williams did not have no the game that he needed to on Saturday struggled mightily uh, three picks, one touchdown um, 23 for 37. And, you know, just over the 200 yard uh, the, or excuse me, just under the 200 yard under. mark there with 199 there. Um, it wasn't able to, he wasn't able to get going with his legs. And I think to me, that's what makes Caleb Williams such a special quarterback is when he can utilize his legs to extend the play and then throw off of that. Right. He's a dual threat quarterback for a reason. Make sure that you you know you plug him into that system and utilize that dual threat. That's what beat. Remember when when Oklahoma had that one hell of a hellacious comeback versus Texas? It was because he was able to utilize his legs and keep the defense mm -hmm. off balance and then throw off of extending the plays there. So uh, I didn't think that that USC did enough of that against Notre Dame. Clearly, it was evident as they lost you know forty eight to twenty there. Uh, just absolutely destroyed and manhandled. We talked about how 
Uh, the defense was a little suspect, but it was also bad play from from Caleb Williams as well. I still yeah. think regardless of the play that he had on Saturday, he's the best quarterback in college football right now. Well, and this is where I was going to be curious with USC because we've talked about it here on Chaos Theory, you know, a bunch of different times about how suspect this the USC defense looked. You know, it was pretty evident after Colorado, but that was Colorado. But I think the big thing right here, it's one thing if, if your defense is if your defense is lacking, but you're able to get into a track meet and it's like boom, 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 you're just switching scores. But you know, when 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 Notre Dame comes out in the second quarter and they score 17 and they put you in a hole, that that was going to be to me the true test for Caleb. Of Williams is you know make make him put him in the Dak Prescott mold where he's having to come from behind and he kind of went Dak Prescott on us and and you know not not to compare the two but but that was going to be for me the test because that that that's what's going to happen you know at the next level and that hadn't happened to him before yeah, but there was, I mean it really, Notre Dame just they, they did they managed I can't remember the I can't remember the the athlete that made the pick but there was one where I mean he just threw it late down the middle yeah. just stared down yeah. the receiver and I mean it was just a really bad throw and it looked I mean he was clearly pressing way too much trying to make something happen it's just it was uncharacteristic play that you don't usually see from Caleb Williams and I think it it's a testament to what you just said they're usually in the driving seat and controlling mm -hmm. and dictating the flow of the game and he actually he actually had to come from behind and Maybe he got a little bit exposed as well there. So I, I think so. And and that's what's going to be curious for me to see is I mean, how, how do you respond from that? Because he that hasn't happened to him before. I mean, you have a you have a shit game like well, that. I don't I mean, know. He, he came back from Texas. You know what I mean? They had, yeah, yeah, he had well, he one did. hell of a hill to climb from Texas and he was able to, to surmount that. So yeah, yeah. So um was was it surprising that they lost to me? No. Um, it was very surprising that they got throttled. Yeah. Yes. That was very surprising. 48 then, to 20 is, is a is a beatdown. It's not just a game, it's a beatdown. It's not a loss. It is one hell of a one hell of a beatdown. His yeah. stat line is still great. 23 touchdowns, uh, four picks. No, one hundred percent. Like not, we're not, not saying that, that we're not saying that he's not the best quarterback in the nation. It's three in, in one game. game. Yeah, it's he had his game. worst he had his worst game of his career. Against like, uh, against a top 25 opponent so um, that that's what's are, going are we to gonna, be are we still on, are we still touting that out there we're still saying that net notre dame's yeah you said top 25 i'd i'd i'll give them top 25 i don't know if i don't know if they're top 10 man no no i, I don't think so I, I don't think so but but they're not bad <laughs> you know it's like i mean when you see them on the schedule it's like okay well i mean what do you get from this notre dame team i mean i think that's that's kind of the other thing it's like what we're talking about with college football in general my man it's like i mean what do you get from anybody right now it's like just with the nfl stuff well, it looks like it looks like michigan and it looks like ohio state and georgia are the real studs um now you can say florida state could be a stud as well i mean they look they look they look pretty solid. They look for they, real, man. I did not think that they I thought they were a joke. I thought that they it was just all hype, man, in the preseason. But you know, they look uh they look pretty damn tough, bro. They look yeah. absolutely tough. All I mean, right, they, let's they, get into they, some they what's up? Let's get into no, some no, other yeah, matchups. Yeah. Uh NFL matchups as well. We'll talk we'll talk some more college football as well. Um, but NFL matchups, man, uh, we'll break down a little bit of Monday night coming up in just a little bit. But let's get started with some of the international games, or excuse me, with the international game. Baltimore, 24 over Tennessee, 24 to 16 here. What'd you like out of this one here? A lot of running, the a lot of ground and pound running the ball here. Actually, Rodney, a lot of field goals here as they were over in England. 
Yeah, good. I mean, and that's you know, it, it seems like that happens sometimes when they go overseas like that, you know, because it, you know, kind of the culture shock and the time change. How, how did how Jacksonville not get to play in this game? Uh, you know, usually, it's like, I know like, usually they're the ones that are always playing over in London. Yeah, Maybe it, you know, I, I think they just wanted a little bit of a, a break, maybe a yeah. reprieve from getting Jacksonville over there and you know, give us some, give us some some ground toters. You know what I mean? And of course, you're going to see one hell of the best, one hell of uh, decent running in this game, if, especially from King Henry. You know, Derrick Henry being able to to come off, you know, getting into the end zone as well. But it wasn't enough because Baltimore was just fantastic with uh with Justin Tucker. Yeah, man, they um they they're pretty solid. They're they're pretty solid. You know what what are they now? They're four and two, so they win that ball quietly game quietly four and two, a quietly four right. and two because right. they're not they're not stalwarts here. They're not shocking the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, sitting here yeah. shaking up the shaking up the north here, man. They're very quiet four and, and two, Rodney. Isn't it funny? I mean, Lamar Jackson, you know, now now with the contract done and everything he's doing, I mean he he doesn't he's not doing no, J.K. Dobbins either. You know what I mean? It's running back by committed, just piecing together that backfield. Little Gus Edwards, little yes. uh, little Justice Hill, as as a matter yeah. of fact, as well. It's man. just it's very a little bit of Hill. Yeah, like you said, it, it's very quiet. It's very methodical. Uh, they're just winning ball games, and I mean that, that's all you have to do. I mean, you just have to win games. And Lamar Jackson, I mean, dare dare I say, our, our famous phrase, he's being a game manager, man. It's he a, ain't it's having a to... high school offense. Yeah, it really is. Dude. It is a high school offense. Yes. You're running. Yes. You know, mass, max protection packages most of the time. You're giving ball fakes to your fullback, your ball fakes out of your ha your halfback, and then hitting him for a you know a five yard out route coming out. You know, after the damn ball fake carrying through the line, and then you're also trying to expose your tight end through the middle of the field. You know, eating up the hash marks. You're only putting one wide receiver vertical, and that's Flowers. Uh, OBJ, well, he's had a catch or two, but I mean, he yeah. still gets hurt. You know, he's like a damn rubber band where he just breaks almost all the time. But. <laughs> <laughs> just snaps but yeah, but yeah you, you you say high school old school high school because now i mean i i, I like yeah, you get a lot of 11 reading. personnel in high school yeah days, i like man. not seeing the zone read and and all of this i mean it's like the other the other night dude i was doing a high school game mcneil was playing and like five different times the quarterback went and got it get this get this buddy fourth and two the quarterback lines up out of the out of the gun comes up gets under center and plunges for oh oh how about that not taking seven to go three how about still that? works yeah don't turn one into fourth and seven it's and it worked every works. time it worked every time i wanted to i'm going to clip all those videos and say look this shit still works didn't even have to get the tush push or none of that just kind of plunged forward first down there it <laughs> so. goes 24 to 16 the ravens were victorious there we also had you know we talked a little bit about thursday night football on on uh friday as well commanders 24 to 16 on the the exact same score that we just had over the ravens and titans 24 to 16 over the falcons there uh commanders able to get better to three and three while the falcons fall to three and three as well um let's talk with redder you know People were were harsh on Ritter, you know, the first couple of weeks. You know, his quarterback play was down, very lethargic and lackluster there. But look, over the past two weeks, he has come on to shine, man, putting up huge fantasy numbers, especially in my contest, 35 fantasy points for me. And then on the field during the day, 307 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. But again, he's still starting to come, making some strides and yeah. looking like he's starting to be, you know, one of those touted NFL quarterbacks. 
Well, and on the other on the other side right there, I mean, Sam Robert, Sam Robert, Sam Howell got me in the high school mood here. Uh, Sam Howell, I mean, you know, 151 yards. I mean, that that's not a lot, but I mean, stat line three Efficiency, touchdowns, man, three man. touchdowns, dude, three touchdowns, and and you know, the, kind of one of the things there with the, with the geez with the Commanders, it's like um, who's going to be the quarterback? Who's going to be the quarterback? Well, I think they found him because he, he he's been. Uh, they're yeah, I thought Sam Howell was decent in at North Carolina too. I've been talking about yeah, you know, the fighting Sam House for the Commanders over the past four four weeks, or almost you know the better part of a month now, man. I believed in Sam Howell. I thought he was going to be one hell of an NFL quarterback, and it looks like it's th- starting to come to fruition, dude. Yeah, you know when when we were talking about the NFC East, it's like wow, Philadelphia and Dallas are this great, and you know they're going to be whatever. Philadelphia finally lost. Dallas can't find their ass from a hole in the ground. <laughs> the, the The Commanders are right up their ass right now. So you know it. Um, Hey, yeah, you know they're they're hey, talking about hey. Riverboat Ron. Time to time to step away. Well, that's an Eric the Enemy effect. I'll tell you See, what, that's what happens. Remember, what, he can step he can step away and have Riverboat Ron come up to New York because uh, it is oh. just an absolute debacle up there for the. You uh, got hosed on that last play. You got that was pass interference. You yeah, got hosed. All right, on that yeah, play. but still, that, I mean, Dabble Dabble still doesn't have this team. To where he needs right. to have it, like, right. and and being being the office coordinator from Buffalo, you thought that you'd be able to see some of the stuff that Buffalo was doing well over the past couple of, of years, and it just hadn't it hadn't bowed out, man. It hadn't lived up to uh, lived up to the hype, dude. Look, and for you guys watching last night Sunday Night Football, I don't know if you can tell, but you can't lie to the eye in the sky, man. T-Mobile, Tyrod Taylor is better than Daniel Jones. Imagine paying imagine paying one hundred and sixty million. To Daniel Jones, I'm at four years, 160 million. I think it's 87 guaranteed is what this purse is, right? And your your quarterback, that is your quarterback, like it or not, regardless of how bad he is or how good he is, he is your quarterback because you're in bed with him now with that with that purse, dude. That's bad business, man. Terrible, terrible business, Ronnie. You're telling me you're, you're telling me that he is more valuable than Saquon Barkley because the product on the field doesn't lie. When Saquon's on the field, the, the the offense is better, regardless of how terrible the offensive line is. You're just signing Justin Pugh off the couch, like he just said. You know what I mean? Like he made that yeah. joke in uh on Sunday Night Football in the lineup. It's because he did come off the couch. He wasn't yeah. even on the practice squad. Yeah. They had to call up. Hey, yo, can you come block for us real quick? We don't have anybody. Well, and, and Tyron Taylor, I mean, gives you options. I mean, that that dude gives you more options than he what makes you're better, get with, and he makes better decisions. Makes better decisions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's a. You know, I, I, good for him too. I mean, good for T-Mobile. It's like you know, last year when what's his name from you know Seattle comes back in. No, I didn't you know, go anywhere. Whatever. Yeah, I mean that's great. I mean Tyron Taylor, I, I stick with that dude. I mean, I don't care if Danny Dimes as well. A journeyman for sure. Him. Journeyman for sure. Like, uh, win. If he, you uh, win. he was actually you know slated to be the starter before Justin Herbert took over there, but he had, remember he had got, got that punctured torso. Yeah. Or punctured. yeah. What, what was that? I don't. I can't remember what the hell yeah. happened, but he, something was punctured. I know that yeah. he had to something was step punctured. Out. Something got punctured. <laughs> he had to step out of there, and he, you know, he acquiesced and let Justin Herbert, you know, step in there, and then the rest is history there for for the Chargers. But look, uh, besides, like it was one, it was a debacle uh, for halftime with in that Giants game. I mean, you got to come away. You're on the you're on the one yard line. You have to at least get three points somehow. Mismanagement of the clock, terrible mismanagement of the clock. Probably one of the worst I've seen in 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 all of this year and last year, as a matter of fact, to go back to it. But 
again, I, I don't think Daniel Jones would have been able to get any points there either. It was just ter terrible play calling and scripted play calling from the offensive coordinator going in there inside the red zone and then not having the offensive awareness or not having the clock management awareness from Tyrod Taylor to be able to salvage at least three points you're on the one you're on the one yard line man you at least got to be making the throw especially with no timeouts there you got to have clock situation awareness man and and try and make at least one one throw into the damn end zone to try and get at least you know six points man instead of just basically laying up and taking a sacri you know a sacrificial uh halfback dive into the damn end zone are you talking about coach sark here or what oh it felt like that sometimes <laughs> it, it did feel like that from well, time to time didn't it, it you know I, being I heard... on the one yard line and running a damn jet sweep my god yeah, give me a break well and i heard some conversation about well you know maybe that was a play call there for the giants because they, they you know it was implied that buffalo was going to roll them well i don't give a shit what's implied it's Three to three. Well, what, what was it? Six? No, you're you're at six to nothing or whatever it was at that point. What? I mean, yeah, that's that's just stupid. I mean, you got to take the points, especially when 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 hell, it's so hard for you to score them. I mean, take the easy, take the easy. Oh, the lung. That's the lung was punctured. The, and yeah. the doctor, the doctor punctured the lung too. That's the thing. Oh. That's what was the that was the the skeptical about everything was That's the doctor right. punctured the lung, so they That's thought right. maybe there was a little bit of hoopla or whatever to kind of get T-Mobile yeah. out of the way so Justin Herbert can get in there. Oh, That's malpractice, right. malpractice. Yeah, that's Wait. what it was. Hey, well, well, good for him, man. But I mean, if I'm your squad, I'm rolling with that dude. I, I don't care what's going on anywhere else. It gives you options. Gives Daniel you Jones is not it. Well, like I said, if if you want to try to win games, I, I don't know what the, the you know you're one in five or whatever it is right now. I don't know what the logic is there with that organization. But like you said, I mean, even with this great quarterback draft that you have coming up, I mean, you're saddled with this dude. It's like, how do I get rid of this? You know, I've got this, you know, side saddle. Shit, ain't nobody going to take that. You know, I mean, the dude's a backup at best. It seems Damn. like. I mean, what what do you do with him? I don't. I mean, that's that's a game that you. Definitely should have been able to beat the Bills. The Bills just played absolutely atrocious football. I mean, to allow the Giants to sit there and be into this ball game, only a 14 to 9 score that was produced on Sunday Night Football. Again, I don't know why the Giants are on primetime football, but they do not deserve to be. That's definitely a place where you need to institute that flex, that flex well, schedule, man. Get that, get them the hell out of there. That's for sure. You know, Wags, you say that, but with that game, with that game, you know, obviously I was fixated on the AL, you know, CS, but, you know, looking at that, it's like, okay, that's going to be a shitty game. I kept looking over there and, and, and seeing how close it was, but that was the theme yesterday. I, I mean, the, the two undefeateds go down to what, what we would consider not the quality opponent and they both go down. They both get beat backup quarterbacks and, and all this other stuff. And, and are we, I mean, calling, that, are we calling Zach Wilson the backup? Is, is Zach Wilson still a backup? Cause he, Feels like he is a legitimate solidified starter. Well, now, yes, he might I guess back up anywhere else in in terms of the situation. But I mean, this dude has this dude's got starts under his belt. You know what I mean? Like this dude I, is he approaching down? Like I don't know how many. I think he's over ten starts in the NFL. Well, and and you know a lot of this is you know when people say he wasn't worth the shit and all this all this different he came thing. Into a bad situation. Well, and my argument always was, you know, in your first few starts, you may not be good. Look at Troy Aikman. Took him a whole season. Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get your you get your head bashed in, you know, you know, for about 16 games. I'm just gonna take a minute. It's gonna take a, a minute. And 
in all this conversation about going to get Kirk Cousins and, and all this other stuff, I'm like, why don't you just ride with the guy you have? Yeah. He he knows the system. Just just give the dude a leash. I mean, if there if there's something that comes up, yeah, then I mean, at that point, whatever. But I, I see no reason to go out there and start shopping around and going to get Kirk Cousins. I, I mean, hell, I mean, Defense. this dude's doing the job. Defense was absolutely lights out for the uh, for the Jets last night, or excuse me, yesterday. Being able to uh, get after Hurts two times, getting two, getting him for two sacks, and then you know being able to to get you know a couple of interceptions down the stretch to actually seal that game. Um, yeah, Jets playing championship caliber defense to get to three and three and able to salvage a little bit of their season. Um, hey. I, I did you not, know. I didn't expect when even when you saw Aaron Rodgers you know, coming into the Jets. I didn't expect the Jets to pick up a W going up against Philadelphia. I just didn't, no. with or without uh, Aaron Rodgers. So this is one hell of a get for for the Jets here and uh, and Coach Salah. Hopefully the Jets can can right the ship and continue to plug away at this thing until, you know, Aaron Rodgers makes that miraculous comeback here and maybe starts, you know, well, where wearing the damn gangrene. So we'll see the well, other gangrene. Well, here, here's the other thing. I mean, here, here's what I hope happens for the Jets. And again, I'm not a Jets fan. I mean, I don't give a shit either way. This is just my thought on this. I hope Aaron Rodgers comes back early. I, I hope he's I hope he's able to come back in the end of the season. And I hope the Jets are in. I hope that 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 they stay in contention. I hope Zach Wilson keeps them in contention to where it, it gets to to the point where it's like, OK, do you pull this guy? I mean, do you oh, take this guy? Oh, you want a you want a Brady Bledsoe oh, scenario? You, you, you damn right. Getting a Brady Bledsoe scenario with I, these I two want, dudes. I want, the, I want the Romo Prescott thing. That, that's the what hell I want. out of here. We are it's not like, getting a, a Brady can a Brady Bledsoe. How, how does uh, how does Rogers how does Rogers handle that? That that's what I want to see. It's like sorry, Rogers Aaron. Is getting paid. Rogers will take the back seat and take the check easily, and then come no, back next year. I don't year know and about that, it. dude. Did, did you see? I saw a couple of weeks ago where he's like, he posted something uh, on social media, and I was talking about, you know, with the extent of his injury. He's like, well, most people, they can't get up and start moving around until like, you know, two months into this. I'm 13 days in, and I was up doing this other shit. I'm like, oh, give me a break. Get out of here. Oh, that dude drives me up. Sports, sports medicine is a definite, it's definitely improved along the way. So has Jared <laughs> yeah. Golf. Jared Golf, 20. Uh, leading the the Lions twenty to six over the Buccaneers here. Uh, three hundred and fifty three yards for Jared Goff and two touchdowns, no interceptions. The Fighting Dan Campbells are for real. Twelve receptions for St. Brown, one hundred and twenty four yards and a touchdown. One hell of a fantasy stud, that's for sure. Forty two to twenty one Dolphins over the Panthers. One final score that we needed to get to: Raheem Mostert, one hundred and fifteen yards. Uh, through um FedEx ground and pound. Right there, 17 totes, two touchdowns getting in there. Two at Tongue of Iloa, clearly. I mean, we we talked about it, man. Um, he has got the best toy chest in the NFL right now. Tons of toys around there. The two fastest wide receivers in the NFL, and it's played to his benefit as he's leading the NFL in passing yardage. 1,876 yards to the better over Kirk Cousins, who's just underneath of him, um, yeah. just by 200 yards there, man. But, yeah. I mean, we talked about how Tua can sling it. I think he's getting playing the benefactor of of the fastest wide receiver, the two fastest wide receivers in the NFL, Jalen Waddle and the Cheetah, Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. Well, and then you know, with the the one that I wanted to touch on is the Patriots and the Raiders. God, Matt you know, Jones, are um, they still going with Mac Jones? Yes, and they and here. 
Like, I'm, I'm all about believing in your quarterback and showing a little bit of faith, dude. But, my God, you were you were riding the ship down with this one, man. This is sinking worse than the Titanic here, brother. This well, is bad. Uh, you know, I... Uh, I you know I I would make the I would make the 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 comparison for a lot of years between the Patriots and the Spurs and, and you know now with what's happened to the Spurs although they you know will be hopefully on the up here a little bit with uh, with what they've got going on the, the Patriots right there dude it's like man how 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 bad is this going to get for them and it and that's a problem I mean when, when you were talking about about Daniel Jones well shit the Giants wouldn't have pulled him out either. He had to get hurt. So, I mean, is that what has to happen here? I, mean, I don't know I don't... why you feel like you have to justify the money or the paycheck. If the quarterback uh, right. is bad or if the player is bad, just pull them out of there, man. You've already it's... done more damage with with writing it, your yes. writing your damn checkbook and getting this guy uh, money that I don't think is, is worthy enough. Right. My it, gosh, it's like when, when you have a job. Yeah, when you have a job, when you have a regular job and you're not producing or something's wrong, they're going to call you in, give you a warning, and then probably going to throw your ass out. And I mean, that's three I mean, strikes. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. 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 And the whole thing is, like you're saying right there, I mean, to justify the money, that that's, that's, that's your fault. That's the organization's fault. I mean, sh- sorry on you, dumbass. Get it together, Kraft. <laughs> you know? Get it together, Mara. Look, yeah. Both yeah. these quarterbacks are not good. Hey, let's tell our friends a little bit about our sponsors here coming around. Yeah, I'll tell you what is good is uh, Covert Bee Cave, and uh, it's game week, so uh, be looking for the uh, for the Friday uh, lunch that'll be happening out there at Covert Bee Cave, forty two acres out uh, in the hill country in beautiful Bee Cave, three state of the art dealerships, seven different brands of uh, those new and pre owned uh, vehicles: Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chryslers, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams, and the uh, Chevrolets and the Fords are over in Hutto. Uh, covert Ford Lincoln in Austin. Uh, they also service all makes and models, 86 service bays. I, um, I recently had to go get some maintenance done on a car and I did, I stayed all day at the place that I was going. Cause I had to go there. One of those insurance things. It was all day. I'd planned to be there an hour and it took about six, but that's not what happens at covert B cave because they will get you in and out of there. Go to covertbcave.com. Check out the latest invent, uh, the latest specials uh, with with what they have in inventory with the new and pre-owned, and they have plenty of all of that. Covertbcave.com, or just stop by, take a ride out there, say hello to Dan Covert and all the great folks out there. They've been doing it since 1909, and remember, nobody keep, beats a covert deal, and sure as hell, not ever. I hope they add sure as hell not ever to their TV. Maybe they'll write that in. That's for sure. They're also audiovisual consultations, 512-255-8678. The very best in audiovisual automation, setting the standard in audiovisual automation over the past 35 years since 1988, like I just told you. Um, Make sure you're going to the gallery of projects and looking at the website, right, on avconsultations.com. If you need an idea of what you want in your household, I have two flat screen TVs right behind me, so I can't miss a game up here in my arcade machine, my arcade mm-hmm. palace, my dude den, whatever you want to call it. Also, we got a dream theater system downstairs so that we can watch movies. We can watch all the, all the shows that we want. If we're not watching sports, we can watch Below Deck and kind of veg out to some of the, uh, the TV, the trash TV, as I like to call it. Anyways, no jobs too big, no jobs too small. 512-255-8678. That way you can watch hockey, your ALCS, your NLCS, or your football, your gridiron, any type that, of sports that you need. You get it done with audiovisual consultations. 512 512- Two five five eight six seven eight. You see them up there on your screen. There, uh, they are the very best in the business. Make sure you're looking them up. Tom McKay and the crew always gets it done. All hey, right. Wag, and and they're the really smart guys that what that never make you feel dumb, Rodney. The really smart guys that never make you feel dumb. All right, 
Cowboys and Chargers. Again, we'll talk about ALCS here in just a minute, but Cowboys and Chargers for your Monday night football bout here. Rodney, oh, one and a half, one and a half. The Cowboys are giving the Chargers here, man. The over under on this is 50 and a half. Eckler coming back tonight. Cowboys do not write the ship going into LA. I think the Chargers get it done. They're not going to be supercharging, but they'll be charging. I'm not I'm not the most confident in this, but but you know, I found from years and years of heartbreak that these are the games where the Cowboys come out and score 45 points. You, you know, because you you look at this, I mean they got destroyed you know, you are right. Ago. This is usually yeah. the, this is yeah. the serious this is like, bounce back game. You, you, you give them no hope. It's like, oh my god, this is going to be horrible. Then you got the pizza, the pizza delivery guy over on the other side calling the offensive plays. You know, he he really wants to put it to Dallas and put it to Mike McCarthy and Jerry and and Dak He's and all these. Well, no, guy. I think I, I think what, he likes. Is that, that what you're calling, Kellen? You're calling they, they Kellen the to, pizza delivery guy? That they, he, they doesn't to, get his, he doesn't even get a, a, a name anymore. They used to call him that when when he first came in. You know, he's so young. They would say, "Looks like the pizza delivery guy over there." Well, you know what? Here's here's what concerns me: if they get up on Dallas and put Dallas in a hole like we were talking about earlier with uh, with Caleb Williams, if they put Dallas in a hole like that, dude, he's just, he's just gonna keep scoring. Um, but but here's the other thing: the Chargers' defense is not very good. So no, no, it's not. Dallas so is not- is. Here's the thing that that cracks me up, right? About all this, like this Kellen, this Kellen Moore, Dak Prescott, hoopla horse shit, right? Dak Prescott is supposed to be playing clean football and not throwing interceptions, right? And the whole thing was he was throwing he was throwing interceptions because of Kellen Moore. It was all Kellen Moore. Look at Justin Herbert right now. Look at Justin Herbert's line. Yeah. How many interceptions does he have? One. Yep. One damn interception, seven touchdowns and one damn interception. So stop saying it's Kellen Moore's fault. Kellen Moore, and I'm not saying you're saying it, Rodney. I'm saying like a lot of national well, pundits out there, or not national pundits, a lot of Dallas pundits are trying to create the narrative that it was Kellen Moore that was actually the problem of of Dak Prescott throwing uh, the interceptions or throwing all those interceptions, the league-leading interception quarterback, right? No, it's the play of Dak Prescott. It's absolutely – I mean – Kellen Moore's got one hell of an offense that he's been able to tout out there for L.A. Now, L.A. just can't get out of their own way sometimes. You know, the Chargers are always going to charge her. That's that's kind of like the, the M.O. Like Dallas. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Both of these two teams just, yeah. just have a tough time of getting out of their own way and allowing success to just naturally happen. But, yeah. you know, if you look at if you look at the stat line of, of the L.A. Chargers here, Kellen Moore has put together a pretty decent offense because the numbers are, pop, are, are uh, popping right now for the offense in, in L.A. And with the DAC thing, I mean, you know, with, with the interceptions last year, I've said it at nauseum. It's like, yes, last year he threw a lot of interceptions because it's the fourth quarter and they're losing, uh, you know, 40 to 10. So he's he is trying that to make comeback play. quarterback. He is that comeback quarterback. Well, and they he hadn't thrown he hasn't thrown many interceptions this year. Well, hell, he threw them all in the last game when they were getting boat raced. I mean, the same situation. I mean, it's not it's not the play call, and you know, with the with the Text well, coast offense or what whatever we're that calling this that text coast that sexy text yeah. coast the, the text coast I mean this was the dumbing down of the offense to make it better for him to to be able to operate but but I mean yes you're you're exactly right this is not 
this is not Kellen Moore, a Kellen Moore problem. This is the player. Uh, I don't care if it's Dak. Dak. I don't care if it's Justin Herbert. I don't care if it's Donovan McNabb. Uh, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert looks sexy, man. Eleven hundred yards, seven touchdowns, one interception, and a lot of that is because of the play calling and and scheming of Kellen Moore. I'd I'd like to think. Well, and this uh, here's what's going to happen. I mean, typical cowboy fashion. I mean, e- either you're you're going to have them come out and they're going they're going to look sleek as a greyhound. You know, they're going to come out. I mean, the running game hasn't worked very well. And uh, Tony Pollard, come on, dude, uh, you're the man. Remember that? I think, I think you're starting to see the reasons why every offense has a. a I will. I won't say a running back by committee, but at least two decent running backs to kind of switch up the pace, right? Like Tony Pollard, I thought I I still think Tony Pollard is a fantastic running back, and I think that he was better than than Dak Pras than Dak excuse me Zeke, Zeke last year. Um, but I thought the compliment They're of having Zeke in that backfield really just made that one-two punch very palpable. You know what I mean? Like it made it a pretty dominant one-two punch. As a matter of fact, um, now Man. look a, a little bit of the a little bit of the the speed has come off of Zeke Elliott but he's still able to get the tough yardage. And that's what he was able to do at Dallas there. You were able to get the tough yardage um, with Zeke Elliott, and then boom, you, you, you know, you pop some big ones there with Tony Pollard. That's just not – that's not been able to happen for the Dallas offense this young campaign, so far in this young campaign. And I think it's one of the biggest assets that they're missing this year that made their offense so much of a success last year. I agree, man. And that's why I was so adamant that that you had to find a way to keep Zeke there um I mean exactly yeah Red Zoom struggles tremendously that that was where and and the the other part of it you're missing you're missing Schultz I mean because that that was Dak's guy I mean that that was the kind of the wingman right there where you were in trouble which he tends to get in trouble I mean you look and it's like boom there he is and and I mean that's there but yeah seriously I mean you look with the running back room that you have now I mean Pollard's a guy I mean the second dude I think he's hurt and then you've got Deuce you know, I mean, Deuce Vaughn. I mean, I love Deuce Vaughn, and I yeah, love but I mean, he's not he's not an everyday back. He's no damn every, every, every down back, not yeah. just yet. Yeah, yeah. If you had a big punishing fullback, you know that that's where you could you could do that right there. But that that's that's a big problem. And then the the whole thing is, I mean, I heard where they asked um, uh, C D Lamb, you know, what's what's the identity of this offense or whatever. And hell, he didn't know. He didn't know what to say. Right. I mean that that's not good. Well, I mean that that that's just because Schultz, just because Schultz is out of your offense. Do you? I mean, do you have to abandon the tight end all the you know altogether? I mean, what's wrong with Ferguson? Didn't it seem that seems like what they've done? And it's like hell, you got two good tight ends. Yeah, I mean, you got. I mean, Ferguson is one hell of a you know a a tight end as well, man. I don't know why you can't get him the ball, especially in third down and conversion situations. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And and it is that red zone efficiency is man it's it's lethargic it's not there it's ineptitude is what it is it's bad it's terrible it's It's down right now rodney it's down you know what is not down the texas rangers offense real quick and i know we didn't touch on it too much we'll we'll talk a little bit more alcs and i'm sure hanging with harge we'll get some uh we'll get some seam head action going on as well man talking about the baseball because there's a lot to break down for the national league championship series as well coming up yeah but i mean look Montgomery, we we talked about it. Who would we see? You know, the Rangers towed towed out there in in game one to, to go up against JV. Uh, we thought maybe that they would roll out Ovaldi to try and get a little bit of that, yeah. uh, a little bit of that advantage. You know, going out after game one. But when you're able to tout out there, Jordan Montgomery, dude, and he's throwing frames like he is, you know, clean frames like he is, and then you're able to save Ovaldi. Man, advantage Texas right now, not just because they're up one game, dude, but I mean you. you you know, shocker! They won in 
in Minute yeah. Maid, you yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. still, yeah. they're going to be one hell of a team to, you know, to host up in Globe as well. So we'll see, man. The, the, the hill just got absolutely very steep for the Houston Astros, who I thought needed to take game one with Justin Verlander yeah. on the bump. Man, I, I really did too. You know, I know we talked about that last week, and I, I really thought it was imperative to win game one. And and what's so frustrating about that, you know, as an Astros fan. is, he it, is great there, last he, night. JV pitched. I mean, he, JV was they great. manufactured some runs. He didn't give up the long ball, you know what I mean? But, I dude. It's yeah. it's a one hell of a Rangers potent offense, man. They he, just they know how to get runs and JV JV did what we said he'd do. I mean, he's going to give them something. I mean, it it always happens in those big games like that. But but here's the thing. I mean, Jordan Alvarez, all all these guys. I mean, nothing. I mean, it, it finally looked. You know, when Bregman sails that ball, I'm like, oh, oh. we got him now. Oh we my got him god, now. Evan! Oh my god, Evan Almighty with the catch, and not just that to have the heads up play to throw it back to the second to, yeah, to tag Jose, up Duve there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how how bad was it when Jose or Jose? I say Jose when when he can't remember to. I mean, touch the bag. Well, I, I think mean, in the uh, um, I f- I forget who was actually calling the game. Who the who the color analyst was last night might have been Smoltz. Um, but he made a a really good point there if if Altuve just takes two more steps he will naturally touch the base on his retreat on, on his yep. retreat right yep. but because he was so caught up just you know straddling the bag he's just like oh shit I gotta get back to first and he, he you know he just brain fart didn't yep. touch didn't tap didn't tap second base twice because if you go past the bag you got to hit it again coming back to tag up yep. that's, that's I mean, right that's so- the baseball so you know, they, they they get after it again today, 307, uh, you know, so so we'll see what happens here. I mean, I heard Tur- Todd Callis on with the guys this morning. Uh, you know, he's like, well, even if they drop game two, you know, that whole thing with, you know, being able to play on the road and all that. But, man, this this Rangers team, man, that they just look a little bit better right now. I mean, it it pains me to say that. that they they just look pretty look- damn good. Hey, let's tell our friends about uh about Great Blue Hair yeah. and Furniture, and then let's get on with uh, Hanging with Hards, my guy. Great Blue Hair and Furniture, custom leather company, uh, started back in 1991 uh focusing on the heavy leathers uh the hides fabrics ranging from traditional western to the modern farmhouses and that's really cool stuff right there this is some really good looking stuff it's also the highest quality furniture you're gonna find this ain't no um that place in round rock over there where you go buy it and put it all together and you have extra bolts that's not what happens here it's high quality yeah that's that's the one a buddy of mine called me yesterday he said hey my wife wants to go to that place and i'm like uh Sorry. Um, anyway, there's a uh, there's a link in the YouTube video uh, that you can find that'll take you to the Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection. Use that uh, promo code HOOKEM, 15% off of that purchase if you're looking for furniture that is designed to last for decades, not days, not months, not weeks, decades. Look no further than Great Blue Heron Furniture. Click the link or call them, 866-247-9688. Tell me you heard about them right here. On Texas Sports on Field. I bet they do computer desks as well. I got to get out there and give me a new. Uh, I need a, a new studio desk, desk. computer monitor. Yeah, yeah, one hundred man. Get us some good stuff. All right, let's bring on our guy hanging with Harge, Mike Harge. It is time for the one of the best shows in the representing. Always, dog. You got to represent. Put the star, put the star on his chest there. You, I don't believe this, man. All right. <laughs> so, dude, I thought you would be rocking some Astros gear, but you're going to be rocking some Cowboys gear. No. So, how are you a Cowboys fan and then Houston Astros? How are you Houston baseball and then Cowboys football? That's well, what be, I am. That's the way I am. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I, I 
predicted that the Rangers would win the series. You said that well, on your show. Yeah, I said it on my show. I said it with KD this past weekend. I just believe that they're playing some really good baseball right now. Mm-hmm. And I said, I also said this. I said, listen, here's the biggest thing for me. When you got to beat, when you, whenever you're trying to become the champ, you got to beat the champ. Right. That's right. And that's what the Houston Astros are. So I'm always looking at this type of situation and trying to make the most of it. This, I went to spring training with the Texas Rangers this year. I saw it firsthand and I was like, this is a special, special team. Yeah. You know what I like about this, Mike? I'm sorry, Wags. Uh, What I like about this, you know, you see a lot of times where they talk about the changing of the guard, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man or whatever. Mm -hmm. Let's say the Rangers beat the Astros, which, which it it, it seems like that, that could happen. I don't think this is, is Texas replacing Houston. This is building something that's going to like go on for a while. Uh, We're going to have one hell of a, it's going to be a true rivalry now, I think. I agree. And that's what I want to see. I mean, as a baseball fan, you want, all of the state, and you live in the state of Texas, you want both teams to be playing well. Right. You want to have that hatred. You want to yep. have that vitriol, and you want winner-take-all type of situations. I do believe it's going to go seven, so I'm not counting them out at all. I just think this is a great, great matchup. Uh, two teams that are, if you look top to bottom, yesterday the Astros didn't hit the ball, and that's what it's all about. Right. So, And, and to be honest with you, the Rangers – they didn't knock the cover off of the baseball. No, they manufactured it runs. Was baseball. It was right. baseball. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you expect from these two top-tier teams. So right. good I'm defense. excited about and it. I can't defense. wait for that this afternoon's game. A fantastic yeah, right. duel between Jordan Montgomery and JV. Man, we talked about that. I'd, I'd love to hear your breakdown as well on hanging with Harge. Also, I want to leave you with this question, Harge, because I'd love for you to answer it on your show. Um, watching a little bit of the bullpen from the Rangers last night, it looked like LeClerc struggled just a little bit. I mean, he still had his stuff there. Don't get me wrong. When does Boach maybe make the move, if if he needs to, when does Boach make the move to kind of swap out Chapman for LeClerc out of that setup role to the actual close role? Now, we know that LeClerc's gone so far and so good, but is there a time where Boach could make that move? I'll leave you with that. I can't wait to hear your show, man. Thank you guys for joining Chaos Theory. We'll see you all tomorrow. Have a good show, Harge. Appreciate it, fellas. As always, there they go. Chaos.